You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today I'm super excited because we are going to nerd out on something that I'm super excited to talk about. So today we have Kate Dorman on the line. Now, Kate is a licensed social worker and mental health professional. She is also a self-proclaimed personal finance nerd. After working for years as a mental health therapist, Kate now works with individuals and couples as a financial therapist. (laughs) Um, Kate loves exploring the roles that early experiences, relationships, values, culture, social media, and feelings play in one's relationship to money and financial behaviors. But before we get into the conversation, I do want to shout out our sponsor for today. So today's sponsor is Jasmine Mortgage Team. Now, Jasmine Mortgage Team is a licensed nationwide. Mm, mm -mm. Nope, it's not a licensed. It is licensed. Okay. (laughs) But before we get into today's episode, I want to shout out our sponsor for today. So our sponsor is Jasmine Mortgage Team. Now, Jasmine Mortgage Team is licensed nationwide with competitive rates, excellent customer service, and has a solid reputation amongst home buyers, real estate agents, and financial advisors. They have mortgages for new home purchases, refinance, cash out refinances, jumbo, conventional, FHA, doctor loans, whatever flavor of mortgage you need, Jasmine Mortgage Team would be there to help. You. So if you're interested in getting a new mortgage or refinancing an old one, um, you can go to jasminemortgageteam.com. Again, that is jasminemortgageteam.com. All right. Now that that's out the way, Kate, let's get into this conversation. <laughs> um, so we're going to dive into financial therapy. But before we get into that, I want to give the audience just what financial therapy is. What is financial therapy? Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people haven't heard of financial therapy. Um, It is a relatively new field. um, And I think it's so I'm a little biased, but I think it's so important for everyone um, to to seek financial therapy because it really um, explores our beliefs about money. Um, We oftentimes think money is just numbers. um, And a lot of people that's really intimidating um, because they are not good at math. They haven't used math since high school. Um, or they don't, they feel, um, frustrated by a budget, um, and constrained by it. And really it's, it is about the numbers, but also really it's about our feelings. Um, and it's about our beliefs about money. And those beliefs are shaped by, um, a lot of times our upbringing, um, it can be shaped by, I always say for everyone, when you leave the room, um, you're making a financial decision. Are you leaving the light on? Or are you turning the light off? Um, and that is something that for some people, they, when they were growing up, um, it was really ingrained in them. You have to turn the light off when you leave the room and other people, it didn't matter. Um, and so that right there, you're making financial decisions all the time and you know, you're upbringing your beliefs all factor into that, um, those decisions. And, you know, our gender, our race. Um, yeah, I said social media, age, so many things um, factor into our beliefs about money. And then that therefore kind of impacts our behaviors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I talk about this quite a bit on the podcast that uh, money is an emotional thing. Um, it's not really about the numbers. And so now you hear it first. <laughs> 
from a professional that's been doing this for some time that that is absolutely true. And it's funny that you mentioned the lights because my kids, um, I even get in trouble when I leave the lights on by accident because I have trained them so well to turn lights off. Um, so sometimes they get on me. Um, but anyway, I wanted to get in a little bit to, um, you know, what type of things could encompass financial therapy? Like what type of people actively like seek out this information or seek out this therapy? Um, Because I know there's financial abuse and all types of other umbrellas too. Yeah, um, it's it's a number of people seek financial therapy for a number of reasons, um, individuals and couples. So yeah, Mm -hmm. financial abuse could be a reason or um, financial infidelity, um, which... I also find very interesting um, kind of the definition of that because sometimes couples don't talk about um, what their definition kind of of um, financial infidelity is. Um, so do I have to run every purchase by my partner? Um, that might be a little excessive if I need to fill the you know car up with some gas. Um, although with gas prices right now, maybe I do need to run that by my partner. But... <laughs> You know, some so some people though open credit cards that they don't tell their partner about. They have debt that they don't tell their partner about. Um, so, what is kind of that that line um, that is then considered financial infidelity? Um, and there's also gambling addictions, um, and um, there's also people who are in a lot of debt and want to get out of debt and they've kind of seen this cycle maybe where they get out of debt and then they get back into debt. They get out of debt and they get back into debt and they just want to know, how do I not do that? Um, they're really good at getting out of the debt, but they're also really good at getting back into the debt. So how can I kind of, once I get out of it, how can I move forward from there? Um, and, um, yeah, there's a lot of couples. I would say a lot of couples because definitely, um, I think, we don't talk about money until it's a problem a lot of the time. And then they come in and they kind of have a lot of things. They, they both have a lot of feelings about money that they've never talked through. Um, and they all kind of come to a head. Yes, yes. And, you know, the statistics are out there that um, a lot of people break up or divorce. You know, it doesn't even have to be a married couple. But if it's a long term couple and they share money, um, a lot of times breakups and divorce happen because of money situations. And so if if you were talking to a couple right now, like let's say, for instance, somebody's listening and is like, oh, my gosh, this sounds like us. Um, (laughs) What are some things that you suggest that they should do in order to, um, you know, kind of smooth over those hurdles? Like what are some things they should be talking about together? Yeah, I think that a big one I would say is approach, um, approach a conversation with each other with curiosity. Um, so if you say, um, I, I want to go on this week long vacation and your partner says, no, we can't afford that. Instead of it, immediately becoming an argument. How can you approach that with curiosity? Um, both, both people, I want to go on a vacation. Um, the other partner, instead of immediately saying, no, we can't afford that. Maybe they could say, what kind of vacation were you thinking about? Um, because there's a difference between going camping and, uh, flying to Europe. Um, and there's a difference between a week long vacation and a month long vacation. So, you know, um, approach that part with curiosity. And if the other person says, no, we can't afford that. Ask, oh, why can't we afford that? Can we look at the numbers together? Um, can we, 
Um, is there is there a way we can make it happen later in the year? Um, you know, approach it with curiosity. Try to figure out where is this person coming from, um, and to under seek understanding as opposed to trying to convince the other person of what you believe. Um, because you need to understand each other in order to be communicating. Mm, I absolutely love that. Understand each other in order to be communicating. Hashtag. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is awesome. And I do love the concept of coming with curiosity versus like, I just want to be right. And it's what I want to do. And, you know, I don't care. What, like, you know, that type of mentality come like, well, so what do you suggest? Or, you know, what are some ways we could work around this? I love that. Um, so I kind of want to switch because not everybody's in relationships. There are some singles out here. Um, <laughs> so when it comes to social media, because I thought that was interesting and I know all of us, most of us are on social media. So what are some ways that social media kind of interferes with our money behaviors? Yeah, I definitely think um, it is very interesting uh, that you kind of hit an age where you see everyone Everyone, I put that in quotes, everyone around me is getting married. Everyone is having kids. Everyone's buying a home, buying a new car. They're getting um, a raise. And, you know, again, social media is really just what we put out into the world. And most people aren't posting on social media when they're laid off and they're not putting on social media. I can't sleep at night because I'm so stressed about paying my my rent or paying my car payment. Um, you know, we can't see those feelings that are going on. Um, we just kind of see a, a snapshot. And um, mm -hmm. that really impacts a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I work with some, some individuals who they know that where they're at financially, they're, they should keep on the path that they're on, they're doing the right thing, but it is so hard not to let all that noise change their behavior. Um, they're, they're fighting it constantly. Every time they open an app, um, they see that somebody else has bought a house and now they want to buy a house. And they know that that's not, um, they're not at that point in their journey, but it, it does, um, I think there's that FOMO. FOMO definitely is a factor for people. Absolutely. And, you know, hitting on what you said, I like to call like social media highlight reel <laughs> because that's really what people post about is like all the highlights that go on in their life. Now, me personally, I post the highlights and the lowlights um, <laughs> because I feel like it's important that people know that, you know, mental health is real, depression, anxiety, all of these things are real. And especially when you're an entrepreneur, it's extremely real. So, um, you know, I make sure that people know that this is not all gumdrops and lollipops and roses. <laughs> like this is like real life. And um, I feel like we need to have more of those conversations as well. Um, and especially in this age of everybody becoming influencers or wanting to be influencers and really just doing things for the popularity um, versus, you know, being themselves, if that makes sense. So I love what you said there. And also, you know, if you look at the most popular accounts, it's pretty much like, you know, people that are traveling the world or spending a lot of money or, you know, have expensive things. And so that's what 
what is um, being perpetuated and what people are getting in their minds like, oh, I want to live like this, too. I want to do this, too. And not saying that you can't, but, (laughs) you know, it all comes with planning and all that other stuff. So I'm glad that you put social media in your bio because I feel like that was really important. And that's not something that I have talked about on the podcast, actually, um, and it's super important. Yeah, I think that social media really gives us a distorted view of um, kind of reality. Uh, And yeah, like you said, a lot of these influencers are traveling all over the world and they have new, beautiful, amazing clothes all the time um, that they're not paying for. Um, And so then when we think we should have new, beautiful, amazing clothes and we should stay at a really nice hotel, we're paying for it. Um, And so that's the, the big difference. And it is really um, difficult, you know, even if you're you're not consciously think, having these thoughts, just seeing it as you scroll through your phone, um, it is impacting you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you have to realize that that's what these platforms are made for. Like they're made to keep you on the platform. So if they see that, you know, the people that have expensive things and traveling and stuff is keeping more people on the platform, then guess what? They're going to show more. And guess what else? They're getting paid on the back end. So, (laughs) you know, it's um, it's pretty interesting how social media and just digital marketing in general plays a role in how we feel about a lot of things in life, um, but especially our money. Now, I also want to talk about um, early experiences, too, because I feel like for me, that's where a lot of my money behaviors came from. And not because, you know, it was quote unquote, good examples, but kind of I saw what I didn't want to do and then just kind of took a different route. So what are some early experiences that maybe um, we should be giving our kids or maybe we should be aware of that we may we may have experienced um, that are shaping our money behaviors today? Yeah, um, I think that the number one, I think, is talk with your kids about money, um, because I really think you know, there's a lack of financial education in this country, which is definitely needs to be addressed. Um, as well, though, there's such a taboo still on um, talking about money. Um, and it's uncomfortable to talk about with friends and even family and partners. Um, and I think if, you know, if money was never talked about in your home, or if it was only ever argued about, then those are kind of some things that you'll carry with you into adulthood. I don't, I don't even know how to talk about money, so I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to avoid it at all costs, Mm -hmm. or I've only heard people argue about it. So I'm either going to avoid talking about it, or I'm only going to know how to argue about it. So if you open that conversation with your kids, um, you know, just little things, age appropriate, of course, or, you know, if you have teenagers, invite them into the conversation, you know, uh, this is how we decide, you know, what hotel we're going to stay at when we go on vacation or um, you know, this is, we're going to go to dinner tonight, but we can't go every night. And here's why, you know, inviting them in and talking about money. Um, and early childhood experiences, again, you know, something like the light switch, um, right there, it's not a, it's not something that ever, anyone ever maybe yelled at you for or anything like that, but it's still an early childhood experience that you were told that and you learned that habit, um, and you carry that with you. And I think, It's interesting you said, you know, you learned what you didn't want to do. And what's interesting is two people can grow up in the same household and one person can see their parents and say, 
I am going to do the opposite. I'm not going to do any of that. I don't want to touch that. That was all a disaster. And then some, the other person can follow exactly in that path. Um, so, you know, it's, there's also that unique, every person is their own individual and how they kind of, um, internalize that, um, the lessons that they, they learn about money. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I've learned that it's easier to go with the flow. So for instance, being that person like, well, I'm just going to follow exactly, you know, what my upbringing stuff versus going against the flow, because you have to consciously like, you know, your subconscious kicks in when you're going with the flow. But when you're going against the flow, you actually have to actively, um, you know, go against it. And so I've learned that that is the harder route, but in some cases it might be the best route. Um, so anyway, with that being said, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Now, if people were interested in learning more about you or your practice, um, where could they find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me at soundfinancialtherapy.com, um, or on Instagram, soundfinancialtherapy. I, like to post questions that um, couples can ask each other um, and not even couples. You could ask a friend, a family member, ask yourself these questions um, that are just some conversation starters and they really range from what is your credit score to, yeah, what did your, um, you know, what do you think that your religion has taught you about money? Um, you know, really just such a range. And um, I think it's a great way to, to kind of get the conversation started. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to follow you right now. Oh. <laughs> so if you're interested, please go ahead and follow Katie and learn more about what she has going on, because this is so needed. And I feel like, you know, I always feel like everybody needs therapy um, in general, but um, financial therapy also needs to be on your radar as well. So thank you so much, Kate, for coming on. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.